Today on the Moolily podcast, we are going to be talking about the dynamic between our spiritual and practical lives and contemplation and action. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different and choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. Welcome to the Moo Lily Podcast. Luke 2, The Birth of Jesus In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Glory to God. Amen. I love reading that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a really long time since I've read that. I was just noticing several things that I was like, I don't remember that. Like the glory of the Lord shone around them. Like it was all around mm-hmm. the shepherds. It wasn't just something they were looking at. Because mm-hmm. it says around them, not around him. Mm-hmm. That would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the feeling of expectancy, the he's here. He's come. Mm-hmm. He's finally come. The waiting, the longing of the people of Israel for their Messiah and for those who believed. Yes. Not everybody believed, clearly. Mm-hmm. But the people who were there who were so impacted by 
with the that the angels i mean they were angels you know yeah and they believed uh-huh. and just the joy this is this is the greatest day for all mankind mm-hmm. right now what's happening here and i just i think about people all around the world right now that are are waiting for mm-hmm. deliverance mm-hmm. like just thinking about um you know, the fires in California and mm. even like refugees that have maybe been waiting now for several years, they've lost their home and they're yeah. in like a transitional living situation that maybe they hoped would only be a few months and now it's it's been a long time and yes. the waiting and the longing and the frustration with things being not as they're meant to be. Yes. And um, this is where the nation of Israel was at this is where god's people were in this time of of waiting for deliverance waiting for their messiah to come it was a hard thing it was a deep thing um we were talking earlier about how pregnancy is like this hard long <laughs> Thing where you're waiting yeah. and you don't have any um, control. Yep. Yes, indeed. And I'm like two and a half weeks out from my due date or two weeks or whatever. I'm so close. And the end is sometimes it's just the hardest. Mm-hmm. The last month when yep. you're so large mm-hmm. and in everything hurts. Yeah. And you've been carrying this person inside of you, this longing for so long. But in the in the final weeks when the expectancy mm-hmm. is upon you, when you're just great with child. And I've been feeling that narrowing, like the tunnel vision of you're just beginning to kind of tune into the rhythms of your body mm-hmm. and listening and the contractions and just being present and all the shifting that's happening inside yeah. of you. And yet it still feels like, Oh my God, this will never happen. Yes. You know, and how much more so the, the waiting and the longing of the people of Israel waiting for their deliverer. And we could talk about 10 things with birth language in the Bible, but yeah, you know how applicable that is to so many things. I think about at this time, God's promise to deliver us Mm. and him being present with us and him being present with me and my greatness of child. Yes. Yeah. Even as I'm thinking of this birth is coming. I mean, next couple weeks, this is happening. It is inevitable. Um, a great and terrible day lies before me. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, which yeah. is the beginning of a new era. It is. And so I, I've been reflecting on his, how he delivers us, how he, and what is it in Isaiah, you know, surely I will bring you to the point of delivery. You know, I, I don't bring you all this way and then not deliver you. Right. Um, but how he is so tangibly with us mm-hmm. in the midst of that place of waiting and the place of longing. And how he's present and just tying that into glory to God. He came. He came. Yeah. Um, He did what he said he would do. Yep. Yeah. So you're sharing with me as you were praying into um, some words 
Yeah. So I was praying for a group of people and getting some prophetic words, just like encouragement, just the end of the year, well done. Um, and the Lord spoke some really amazing things. It was such a fun process. Um, but it was really interesting. It was about 15 names that I had that I was praying over and they were all like the words that I got, the pictures that I got were all different, but there was this really clear theme that uh, the Lord is with you. Mm -hmm. The Lord wants to build this with you. The Lord wants to take you to a new level of friendship. The Lord wants to go to that deep place with you or whatever it is, whether people are in difficult situations or whether the Lord was going to provide for them or do things build things with them the theme was always that he is with you he mm -hmm. wants to be near to you he delights in you and uh when you're praying over somebody and you want to give them an encouraging prophetic word that's a pretty <laughs> safe place to land <laughs> um but it was just it was just so interesting to me because I know this group of people and I know uh, some of the stuff that they're walking through and some of the desires of their heart and um, just I sort of feel like wherever we are at, whatever the felt need is, like the practical thing that's right in front of mm. us or the deep, deep needs, some mm -hmm. maybe that we're not even aware of, but things that we're carrying. Yeah. Um, there is just so much like transformative power in knowing that Jesus is with you. Um, and just the profoundness, the, the incredible, wonderful gift that God shows to not just send a prophecy or a, right. or a, a wonderful leader or yeah. even a physical provision, but to send himself yeah. to demonstrate what what God looks like, who he is, how he relates to us. He chose to be with us. Um, I just don't feel like that can be overstated. I just <laughs> feel like we all need to take the next two hours to reflect on that and the intric intricacies of that in our own life, yeah. um, as well as for the time that we live in. You know, the, the crazy things that our nations, mm -hmm. um, whatever nation you are listening from, um there's just so many mm -hmm. so many ways so many areas that we need God with us <coughs> but I was also reflecting on sometimes when I hear somebody say you know you just need to let go you know you need to let God do this or Jesus wants to do this with you if you just listen and be led by the Holy Spirit I, I feel really nervous. Like, and yes. I, I can see how, as women, as planners, as people that are responsible for managing the well being of other people, whether it's in our workplace or your, your children, whatever it is, the idea of like just letting go or like this kind of taking your hands off and trusting the Holy Spirit can feel really. Just really scary, like yeah. Just well, we've too seen, open. Yeah, we've seen people do it badly too. Right. I, you know, like we all know those people. Bless them. We have friends. We've got women. We got women friends <laughs> who, um, uh, who maybe they're overwhelmed. Maybe they are maxed out. Maybe they don't have. A, they're not getting what they need. And it's easy to go. Oh, it's fine. 
I just let the Lord do things? Mm -hmm. But they're hiding, you know, like that's their way of, it's a place of denial. It's a place Mm -hmm. of their need. And, uh, you know, you've, everyone's encountered those people in their life. And I think for those of us who are not, that's not the way we go. Like we get more controlled and managed and tighter, you know, like the more overwhelmed, right? We go the opposite way. Totally. It feels like, you don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be foolish in my, right. oh, I'm just going to let the Lord mm-hmm. take care of that thing. Where you're going, no, no, there's a level of partnership right. and um, attuning to what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. You know, so to to embrace that, yes, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me in this. Right. It can totally feel mm-hmm. like a very scary, irresponsible thing to do. Right. <clears throat> but I think, I think I feel like it's, there's like this separation in my mind between what is mm-hmm. spiritual, what is like righteous and like faith versus what is like practical yeah. and logical. Like those things are actually opposed to each other. That's our Greek influence. That's right. totally. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I just feel like the Lord wants to say, no, that I am a God of order, mm-hmm. that I, I plan and I created the seasons and the, like when he created the earth, there was a very specific yep. sequence. There was a time frame and an order Deliberate. to which mm-hmm. things go in. And when he gave instructions for the building of the temple or for the laying out of the tribes of uh, Israel around the tent in the desert, there was a very specific plan for how those things were meant to take mm-hmm. place. And as we manage our lives, as we plan our schedule and all the things that we have to carry that he has just incredible insight and strategy. He has uh, precision. He has science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has, you yeah. know, everything that we need, we can find in him. And that as we plan those things with him, as yeah. we engage our mind and our heart in relationship with Jesus, that he has grace for us and strength for us and joy for us. Um, So I'm speaking to myself, but I guess as we look at the busyness of the Christmas season, as we look at the new year and, you know, things that we're longing for and things that we're struggling with and things that we're just trying to get a hold of that, I don't know, we wouldn't swing from one extreme to the other, but we would embrace the tension of uh, the spiritual and the practical that the Lord represents both and Mm -hmm. all. Amen. Amen. That's where we want to land. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have such desire. I think for each liturgical event, I think I've, I've, I have this great book that I haven't even read that I've had for several years, but it's about celebrating for celebrating the liturgical calendar. Um, I love that as a people. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something that those of us who grew up maybe in more non-denominational settings or, um, even to some degree, um, Protestants where we have less of a maybe historical, our, our, our own families Mm -hmm. stopping and pausing than if you're Catholic say, or high church, you know, but that all over the world, people who love Jesus are taking these moments, whether it's Easter or a different feast day or whatever to, Um, to honor him, to reflect on him, to celebrate him. And I think that that's the way 
the Lord works. I think about the um, about Judaism and the way that He established their rhythms and their seasons mm. and their feasts and all. They're just I know so little about it, you know, really, but. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important as a community that we do that. And so I think I just have such a longing in my heart that every Christmas, every Advent season, that we would, I would, as a family, we would pause more and more, that we could build these little traditions in where Mm -hmm. we really just celebrate the Lord and reflect on him Mm -hmm. and feel that, feel the joy of he's come, he's with us. And also that holiness, kind of that sobriety of God coming to earth. It's really my heart. And I say this after such a long, hard year and I'm explodingly pregnant with like no <laughs> capacity at all. Like this year is kind of just, it's not going to happen. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tonight is our, our children go to the same school, Christina yeah. and I, and mm-hmm. we have a beautiful, very lovely Christmas concert every year yeah. and they sing lovely carols and their scripture. It's wonderful. Like that's the point. And this year in my defense, it's called cookies and kindness because we're doing some collecting of food. But yeah. all I think about are the cookies, you know? <laughs> so I was like, well, this is a wonderful opportunity tonight, mm-hmm. right? Is a family to stop and pause and feel that community, you yeah. know, but I'm not even thinking it. I'm just thinking about the cookies. <laughs> like, I keep asking, Hey, are you going to the cookie thing tonight? <laughs> yeah. But I've just been thinking about it. Yeah. That's a great opportunity mm-hmm. in the midst of my pregnantness where I'm like cookies yeah. to stop and to yeah. sing together mm-hmm. and to read the scripture and to reflect on his being present with us yeah. in our community. I love that. My kids are so excited about this choir thing and Lincoln my nine-year-old is like, half the time the kids are not even singing. They're just <laughs> shouting. It's like, it's better when it's just the older kids. <laughs> and I, I just think, yeah, gosh, that's kind of true. Sometimes in my worship, I'm not singing. Like, I'm not like <laughs> pouring out my heart. I'm just shouting at God. Yeah. Like, I'm doing the thing. Yep. And I'm doing it really hard because I want to do the right thing. Yes. Um, but if we can engage in those moments... And really connect our hearts with our mind and with yep. our experience to be with the Lord. I find even uh, like even in church at worship, I'm, I've got my kids with me. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I do. Or there's different things going on around me and it's so hard for me just to stop and engage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I guess in this time, more than, than any, not mm-hmm. more than any, but Specifically in a time when there's so much momentum towards mm-hmm. like reflecting on who the Lord is and, yeah. and, and glorifying the birth of Jesus. It's funny we talk about how this wasn't actually when Jesus was born <laughs> and it's just so commercial and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, it is. It's crazy commercial. And there's all these things that we do that actually have no point, but they're really special and really fun. Yeah. Um, and if we can, this is kind of my mantra for this year is sort of little and often like in the little things that I'm doing with my kids or in those small conversations, if I can bring the Lord into that, or if we can stop and talk about what we're grateful for in the midst of, so like we did this thing with our kids, where we talked about what does everybody want for Christmas? And it was like a fun thing. And I said, (laughs) okay, we're not going to say, I want this and I want this. You could suggest something that somebody else might like. Um, and we did it in the context of something that we're grateful for and blah, blah, blah. But it's like our kids love talking about what they want for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And 
I often feel like that's so selfish. You know, our children have so much. They don't need more stuff, blah, blah, blah. But actually, that's a really sweet childlike mm-hmm. process. Yeah. And if we can bring yeah. the Lord into that. Yeah. So we're not shaming them. Um but we're saying the Lord has blessed us and the Lord is kind. And this is the time of year where the Lord has given such a great gift and we can turn it into worship. That's a very simplistic example with my children. But if I can, in my own heart, in my own experience, as I'm doing different things or engaging with different things, if I can turn my heart to Jesus, um, even if I don't have those big extended times of worship and reflective prayer, (laughs) I don't know, I feel like there's a special grace for us as busy women and moms where the Holy Spirit makes himself more accessible if we will take advantage of those moments. Absolutely. So last weekend, John and I had the delightful opportunity to have a tiny little baby moon. Oh, a baby moon. A baby moon, which we've never done before, but we just thought, you know what? This is baby number five. Let's just even sneak away for a day and a half mm-hmm. and just be. And we did. Stayed in a lovely place in the middle of nowhere that had great food. That was all I cared about. It's all about the food. Bring me food. Yeah. Delicious food. I'm happy. I had the best prenatal massage I've ever had. Wow. It was phenomenal. So it was very nice. It could have been five times longer. That mm-hmm. would have been ideal, you know, but yeah. Just that little snippet. So, of course, in those times of getting away together, we often reflect on the big things. You know, where are we in our lives? What's the Lord speaking to us? You know, let's just pause right now. And he had, John checked his email and he had a a email from his cousin who I can't highly recommend enough. His name's Jerome Daly. He's a life coach. When I was growing up, he was a worship pastor at our church and he's written several books, which I love. My favorite being... It's Soul Space is the name of it. Highly Hmm. recommend it. Jerome is wonderful at that contemplative, reflective Mm. sort of process. Definitely one of those guys. Just love him. And so he had sent out this blog. I think he's on a writer's retreat, but he was reflecting on Advent. He's on the top of a mountain. It's Mm. very windy. It's about a 10-minute video. I think we're going to post it. Yeah. Um, But he's talking about, he talks about longing about God is with us and coming. So he's here and he's always coming. So he talks about a couple different things. He talks about how in the wintertime you can see the real contours of the mountains. And so Mm. examining your life with all the things stripped away and kind of looking at the contours of your life. But really he tied a bunch of things together, but kind of examining longing Mm -hmm. and then also examining, um, action and contemplation right which are two things that sort of the um contemplative mothers and fathers have always reflected on how do we marry those things together Mm -hmm. but for me as i it was just so timely because the lord in my life the last couple weeks has just been talking a lot about longings Mm -hmm. and i find that i have a really hard time with them um, for many reasons yeah. <laughs> that I just um, I tend to just shut down mm-hmm. longings and set them to the side. And so really reflecting on the God who fulfills ultimately all of our longing at the most deepest way possible. Yeah. And that he does that because he came and he's with us. Um, but also it, it, who he's created us to be, that the things he's placed inside of us, those desires we have are so important. Yeah. And so often definitely as women i think we can 
set to the side the things that we want as we focus or that we desire that we long for as Mm -hmm. we focus on meeting the needs of the little people around us or the office that we work at or whatever we do. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's easier to not go there because mm -hmm. it's too painful to live with unmet desires. Absolutely. Yeah. And he talks about when Jesus heals the beggar in Luke. And I thought it was so interesting because the Lord had been talking to you about that before Mm -hmm. Hartman's surgery. Yeah. But that the question Jesus asked him was, what do you want me to do for you, basically? And it was obvious. He was blind. I mean, what else would he want Jesus to do? Mm -hmm. But I think there's such poignancy in the Lord asking that. I feel like he asked that of all of us. What do you want? What do you Mm -hmm. want me to do? And that that is so uncomfortable, Yeah, I think. So I've just kind of been meditating and kind of brewing on all those things the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And looking at Advent, looking at Christmas, looking at his coming to earth. Yeah. And examining my relationship with him and that, that tension of um, what do you want? What do you long for? Mm-hmm. What, how, how is it fulfilled in him? Yeah. All of those things fulfilled in him. I mean, that's a lot of thinking for a pregnant person. Yes. Well I just done. want to say, <laughs> but it's just kind of, I, I almost feel that like the pregnancy, like it's, I'm, I haven't delivered this yet. Whatever right. it is that is percolating inside of me it right now. Come it's yeah, maybe by new Year's I'll have <laughs> some <laughs> more formulated thoughts, but yeah. whatever it is, I feel a sobriety in a, um, not heaviness, but there's a weightiness to it. Mm-hmm. Like the Lord is speaking something yeah. right now. The thing that the Lord spoke to me about that story. So there's many things and I will try not to go into teacher mode too much, but there's, <laughs> um, it's the story of um, Luke gives some background. It says that this man was born blind and the disciples are like, well, why mm-hmm. is that? Why mm-hmm. is it because of the sins of his parents or because mm-hmm. of his sins. And um, it stood out to me because we I use this as a verse to, f- to give to some of our friends to pray for Hartman because he was healed, but he was born with this condition. And mm-hmm. Hartman obviously was born with this deal. It wasn't something, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't something that he developed. And God is able to heal. He's able to work in things that are like fully established, mm-hmm. not just new things. Does that make sense? Yeah. So a a wound in your heart that's been there for a long time or a dysfunction in a relationship that seems so concrete Mm -hmm. and so set, it's been there your whole life or whatever, the Lord is able to heal and restore even those things. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing was that um, Jesus, for reasons that we may not ever fully understand, he... The, cho- the way that he chose to heal him was pretty unconventional. Like mm-hmm. he spat in the dirt it's and gross, he used dude. his saliva to make mud. Yeah. And then he rubbed mud on this man's face. So he's already disabled. He's already a beggar. So we're assuming that he's very poor. Mm-hmm. He lives a very, I mean, more than a humble life. He a probably lives with yeah. hum- humiliation yep. and rejection. And... um. Yeah, the Lord chooses to do something very undignified in the in the way that he went ar- around mm-hmm. about healing him. And I thought I thought about this with Hartman being in hospital, undergoing all these different procedures and having all these different doctors 
uh, work on him and look at him and nurses coming in and out and medications and injections and all of these things that he wouldn't understand and he would easily, his mm-hmm. three-year-old mind would be offended. He yeah. would be angry or hurt as much by the way they're doing it or what they're doing as much as the process that it takes for them to do it. And sometimes I feel like the Lord takes us on a longer road than we would like or yeah. things um, things that he asks us to do that seem so hard or so unfair, um, but that if we can trust the heart of Jesus and if mm-hmm. we can stay engaged and choose to not be offended by him, mm-hmm. that we will s- receive the fullness of our healing. We don't know if he said something in that process, mm-hmm. if there was some objection or some look on his face or, you know, the Bible often doesn't give us all of those details, but we, we know that he stayed present yeah, and, um, and that he fully received his sight back. And so I've, I don't know, I've been challenged by that several times and the Lord has asked me to do something that just seems so humbling or so like, that's not fair. Like, mm. why is that person going through X, Y, Z mm-hmm. and they don't have to? Or this, this is the way that it panned out that time. Yeah. Why is it that I have to? Why am I still waiting? You know, whatever yeah. it is. Um, but that w- if we can stay engaged and dialogue those emotions and that process and that fear or that rejection with the Lord that... He is good and he will bring to completion the thing that he has promised. Yeah. I think even that the question of asking him, what are you bringing forth? Mm. We, we usually don't see it. You know, we are in it and it's hard. There's struggle and there's pain and there's all those emotions going on. But asking him, what are you bringing forth? Like, what is the thing that you're bringing me to the point of delivering yeah. in my life mm-hmm. right now? Um, I think a lot of the time he'll share with us what that thing is that we can't fully see. Mm-hmm. And it brings, I think, so much hope when we can grasp hold of the life and the um, the health that he's bringing yeah. to us, the freedom, mm-hmm. the deliverance. The maturity, you know, whatever the thing is, there's great courage to be taken as we see what he sees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From his perspective. Yeah. And in the light of that, just a small point, we were with a friend recently who had just been um, to India and he was sharing about Mm. one of the big contrasts between uh, the Hindu culture and the Christian culture is that Hindus pray a lot. There's a lot of ritual and a lot of process around prayer, but it's always for yourself, Mm -hmm. for the edification of your soul. Um, So the concept that we as Christians would pray for one another, or we'd, Mm -hmm. we'd pray for the edification of somebody else's soul is like this really crazy new concept um, for this for this young man that's kind of searching and discovering the Lord. And um, I just have been thinking about that and how as women, let's um, not just fight for our own deliverance mm-hmm. or our own freedom. There are things that we can see in our hearts that we're waiting for, that we're struggling for. But there are things that we know those around us are waiting for mm-hmm. and struggling for. Um, let's pray for one another. Mm-hmm. You know, let's press into the Lord um, 
to see the deliverance of those around us as well. Amen. Such a good reminder. Yeah. So our prayer for you is that you would have a rich Christmas, Mm -hmm. that you would enjoy all the cookies and Christmas lights and (laughs) ugly sweater parties (laughs) Um, and and see and meet the Lord um, in small ways and maybe in big ways this season. Yes. Yes. Be blessed. Merry Christmas. Bye.